Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back. Um, I have to say I'm really impressed and pleased and grateful for all the great feedback we've been getting on this topic. You guys are surprising me, to be honest with you. So I, Julie and I were, we were how, how many uh, weeks in a row, Julie, did we threaten to do this uh, podcast series? It was like probably two months. And if a we're lot. being honest, we, procra- we procrastinated it because every time we do something like this, the arrows that get the arrows on the hot lava and the you know dirty diapers that get thrown our way you know digitally from people the hate that comes our way is sometimes I just not in the mood for it really and so look this series uh, you know your urgent attention is required housing crash ahead this is something that is near and dear to our hearts because um, we we absolutely desperately want all of you to avoid the downfalls of procrastinating your preparedness for the inevitability of the recession. And we uh, last week, we did a series of podcasts on this very topic, helping you to understand the nature of how to analyze your own market to know where the, you know, what's going on and all the rest of it. Um, go back and listen to those four pod- podcasts we did. And also, this is the day two of this particular topic, uh, this particular do- uh, podcast. So make sure you listen to all these and share these with everyone you know. Um, but here's the bottom line. And I want you to remember this. And I want you to start observing that what I'm telling you is true. It took me a long t- I remember, um, let's see, it would probably have been September 11th. I think it was September 11th, 2001, which as I say that I realize some of you guys are listening, not only were not licensed, but some of you guys weren't even, uh, you were still kids. But when September 11th rolled around, I remember very clearly waiting for, and Julie and I were in the, we were selling real estate and then we were also coaching. So we had both businesses going at the same time. And I remember, I mean, watching this whole thing happen and just, you know, realizing it was a historical event. And I was personally waiting for somebody in a leadership position in the real estate industry to step into that uh, step into that gap. In other words, I was waiting for somebody, you know, it doesn't even matter who it was, to actually step up and say, listen, agents, here's what's going on. Here's what you need to think about. Here's where you're, you know, all that type of stuff that, frankly, we try to do on this podcast. Nobody ever did. I mean, we were waiting for, uh, you know, Howard Britton. We were waiting for anybody that we knew and respected to do something proactive to try to basically be of service to other people, to try to help other agents, their followers, let's call them, use followers as a modern term, but you guys get the gist. And nobody ever did. And I'll never forget that because that was a good lesson for me to realize that real leadership is virtually non-existent in this world. Finding somebody who's actually, so what is real leadership? Real leadership isn't just somebody who can stand in front of a group of people and just pontificate. Real leadership is somebody who can stand in front of a group of people and pontificate even when they know them, that they're putting their own best interests at risk or even when they're potentially you know, going to cause themselves harm. That's what real leaders do. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, that's what we're hoping all of you guys feel comfortable doing in your own little worlds, Right. I mean, our world is rather large because of the podcasts and the books we've sold and the coaching company and the amount of time Julie and I have been 
oh, here's another modern term, uh, been influencers. I mean, so we have a, you know, we have a large group of people. This podcast could be over time listened to by 20, 30,000 people with downloads, the whole thing. It's big, right? Your world isn't that big probably, but it is big. It's in, and you can have influence on it. Maybe it's 50 people. Maybe it's 25 people. Maybe your center of influence past client list is 300 people. We did a podcast. It was actually a replay last week of what to do when a disaster strikes. And that's what that was all about. It was all about positioning you as a leader amongst the people you care to lead, the people that you hope to help, centers of influence, past clients, neighbors, your community, those types of things. So here's the reason I'm telling you guys all this. Hopefully I'm, you know, saving you the learning curve that Julie and I had to learn. But ultimately what I want you to realize is nobody is going to tell you what we're telling you. They won't. Nobody in the industry will. They won't even tell you after actually the, you know, shit hits the fan and it's obvious that there's a problem. They won't tell you. They didn't during September 11th. They didn't look who are the biggest champions that led up to the housing bust that were still beating the drums of it's a seller's market, blah, 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 even after the market blew up. I know the answer. Everybody in real estate industry was. And, and look, I get it. We all want to feel good, and we want to hear positive things, and we want to be motivated, and we want to you know, find out our big why and all these other things that are so trendy. But the bottom line is, is that we're business people, and you have to earn money. There's, by the way, a sufficient big why for all of you because you have to earn money. So if you're not going to be in a position to take care of yourself and your family and the people you care and love you know, financially, then you're going to have a real problem. So that's where Julie and I are doing our best to rattle as many cages as care to be rattled so that when the recession hits, you are overprepared. And you guys get that, and I appreciate that. And um, I want you to return the favor if you want to call it a favor. And I want you to share this podcast with as many people as you can so that you then can help save them from the pain. It doesn't necessarily have to be a business owner even. It doesn't have to be somebody in the real estate industry. Because, again, the nature of everyone, and we talked about this yesterday. Please listen to yesterday's podcast. I'm not going to go over it all again. But the nature of humans in general is to never take action that they perceive that will cause them discomfort until the real discomfort, the real discomfort of taking the action is greater. That's what's going to happen. That's what's always happened. That's what you're going to do unless you are consciously, consciously, I was going to say awoke, but there I'm not going to ever use that term. But unless you're consciously tuned in to the reality that, that was an inside joke between Julie and I, constantly tuned in to the reality that you are going to wait too long. So don't wait too long. Don't trust your instincts. I don't trust mine. I don't, truthfully, I have to trust my intellect and keep myself um, essentially frosty so that I don't fall into my natural tendencies, which are the same as yours, listeners, which is to be complacent. And if I allow that to happen, which is easy to do because it's almost like stasis is our natural state as humans, almost like we all want to get to this place where we could just do nothing, right? Well, guess what? That do nothing is what all of you are going to do as soon as the evidence even comes out more so that the housing market's really shifted. I'm telling you right now the housing market shifted. Julie, can you briefly explain to them the types of challenges that we're hearing arise every single day on your daily semi-private coaching call with all the <laughs> premier clients? Well, let's, uh, let's start with the hot topic, which I just posted something for them. Uh, right before this call, and that is how what to expect from your home inspection. I'll tell you, there's a whole group of agents out there that have no clue how to negotiate successfully so as not to kill the deal. 
home inspections. And when it was a hot market with nothing to choose from, the seller could tell you to go jump in a lake. You'd say, please and thank you. Let me stay in contract with you. Not so anymore. Secondly, I would say appraisal issues are coming to light yet again. And, you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter if it's off by 1500 or 10000 You still have to deal with it. So navigating uh, appraisals. I see some of the, <clears throat> excuse me, the lending practices tighten up. Uh, you know, it's just never ending. The things that you have to deal with at a much higher level because things are evening out. Buyers are getting a little bit more control. Of course, it depends on the price range, the neighborhood, and all the rest. Uh, so I just developed, redeveloped actually, because this was around before and they, they just haven't needed it as much until now, a document called What to Expect from Your Home Inspection, which is literally a document where we as coaches are coaching that buyer client on your behalf about how to behave during an inspection. What's what is appropriate to ask for? What are the various outcomes? You know, it's called setting expectations so they don't wig out and back out on you. So that's, you asked, that's just a smattering. And then I think the next thing would be price reduction scripts for sure. Yeah, well, that's the nature of a market like this. And again, we talked about this and I'm sure we're going to touch on it today. Um, so we're going to go back to our notes. Um, Jules, what point are we on? I think we're starting the second section today. Uh, uh, number two, go small to go big. What? Okay, two. good. Go small this to go big. One. Mm -hmm. All right. And when the, so this is, I'll, here's the bottom line. Here's the point. Point number two, go small to go big. And here's the rule. Oh, we did talk about this a little bit yesterday, but that's okay. We'll quickly review. Master your own personal world before trying to conquer others. Focus on, uh, focus on frankly, those you can help and influence the most before wasting time uh, going broad. That, again, we just touched on this, but here's the real bottom line. When the market starts to pull back, when cash is not flowing as readily, you have to, and we're getting to these points soon, you have to realize that the money you're spending right now on branding and lead generation and all this other stuff you guys have normalized as being normal business expenses, those things have to stop because they barely worked in a, a seller's market where money was flowing. They won't work in a real changing market. And the changing market is the hardest market you're gonna experience. And a market that's changing, here's what happens. Buyers don't want to catch a falling knife. Sellers don't want to deal with the fact it's no longer a seller's market. And you're going to be caught in between these two rocks that mm -hmm. are grinding against each other. And you're going to be pulverized into powder unless you know exactly what to do to provide proper lubrication for those transactions and those conversations. And that's what happens. That's what's going to happen. That's what is happening. So the first thing you have to realize is this is going to become a skills-based market instantaneously. It already has. Skills-based being... You have to know how to actually work with your centers of influence and past clients. Those of you who basically just do the whole drop buys, pop buys, and tchotchke parade of crap that you give them constantly, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is getting on the phone and calling them, actually calling them to help them understand what's going on in the market so they don't have to worry. Here's a for-example script. This is very simple. All of you guys can say this. You're calling a center of influence past client this type of idea. Ring, ring, hello. Hey, this is Tim Harris with ABC Real Estate. Or actually, hey, this is Tim Harris with EXP Realty. Um, so listen, um, I've been getting a lot of calls and emails and questions from my centers of influence, past clients, people I know, love, and care about. And they're asking me about the real estate market. And so folks don't have to worry. I'm contacting everybody um, once a month and giving them a quick snapshot of what's going on with their home's value. Uh, and I have your snapshot ready for you now. It'll take about you know, 60 seconds, and then they'll say, sure. And then you just give them a quick snapshot, and it could just be an absorption. So there's currently 5,000 houses for sale. 
you know, last month, you know, 500 houses sold. So assuming no new inventory comes for sale, there's currently a 20-month supply of homes. We're entering into what will definitely be considered or is considered a buyer's market. Um, and so in that type of market, you're going to look at homes that are properly priced, staying on the market for three to four months. So would you like me to do a more in-depth study of your home's value and email it to you later today? Okay, you guys follow me there? Not a lot to say. And then they're going to say yes, no, maybe so. And then you do as a request. And if they say no, you say, okay, well, great. Listen, if you run across anybody who's thinking about buying or selling that I should be helping, please do consider passing my name along. I'd certainly appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next month. That's it. If they want the CMA, you know what to do, and then follow up after the CMA. Always end every one of those calls with, hey, by the way, you know what I just said, or hey, by the way, do you know of anyone who's thinking about buying or selling that I should be helping in this market? That's it. Every one of you can say that. I don't care how analytical, amiable, how much you hate being a salesperson. I do not care how much you're into your Super own easy. thoughts about all that stuff. That is something that everyone will be receptive to. Oh, Tim, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Look, I got nothing for you then. If you're not going to ask a very basic sales question about being of service to other people, then you're really not even remotely ready to be a salesperson because that is what you are as a real estate professional. Would you like me to be more direct? Because what I just told you is the truth. In a grinding market, in a, trans, in a transitioning market like this, if you're not willing to have real conversations, you're not going to last. It, look, guys, this is not difficult. Your job in life, but in this business, is to solve other people's problems. That's really what a salesperson is. It is a problem solver. A problem solver. Tim, I hate it when people try to sell me something I don't want. Everybody does. You're not special. And I'm not asking you to do that. And by the way, you can't do that. You can't sell somebody a house that they don't really want or talk someone into selling that they don't want to really sell. So you're never going to be in a situation where you have to feel like you're compromising yourself. But what you're doing is you're solving somebody else's problem. That's how you think about it. The highest and truest purpose of all of us on this planet is to be of service to other people. Align your emotions with that, not all these other negative things that you tell yourself about being a salesperson. Tirade over. Okay, so the other things you have to focus on is perfecting your scripts, perfecting your listing system. Um, and, you know, here's the real bottom line thing, and guys should write this down. You don't need more information. You do not need to go online and constantly read and go to Facebook pages and listen to all these gurus that have never sold real estate and go to some Yahoo yeah. who's, you know, telling you to invest in Instagram and I need to work on my social net. No, you don't. You don't need to do any of that crap. If you never did any of that crap, you'd be just fine. I've got coaching clients that I've coached for a long time that do, do very cursory social media marketing and they make millions of dollars per year. Guys, that stuff is just a fad, a distraction from doing the real work. That's the truth. You know what I know? I know that you intuitively know what I just said is true. How do I know that? Because I got the email from the text. So listen, um, you guys absolutely positively need to be requesting a free coaching call, and you need to be learning more about our premier coaching program. You know you do. You know it's the next natural step for you. So what I want you to do is text the number. What is it, Julie? How do I keep on forgetting this? Uh, 31996. 31996. I gotta, how do I forget that? I say that a million times know. a day. Text, text the number. It's called being 50 next year. That's how I'm doing it. Text the number, three one, uh, text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. Um, and then when you do, you're going to be entitled to a free coaching call, but you're also going to be entitled to a, uh, the six free books that we give you, one of which is the Real Estate Treasure Map. But that's the gateway to learn more about our coaching program. Um, and so what happens is you're going to text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. 
then you're going to receive the books. Then you're going to receive an offer to have a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. Then you're probably going to join uh, Premier Coaching, as most of you do. Then you're going to start having a daily coaching call with head coach Julie. Yes, the Julie on this call. And you're going to be uh, receiving the full benefits of the coaching program, which is everything you need in this transitioning market. Point number th- – oh, so text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Or if you're on your desktop, uh, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. All right, point number three. Point number three is cut the fat. And here's the rule. Ask yourself this question daily. This is what Julie and I do, right? We do this every day whether or not the market's great or not. Where are you making money and where are you using your money to subsidize inefficiency in your business? Okay? And then I wrote this down. I thought this was kind of funny. Stop fire agent welfare. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to tell mm-hmm. a story, Julie, and then I'm going, to give the, I'll, I'm going to give it over to you so you can hit the points. Okay. Um, all right, cool. I'm, going to, I'm not going to use this agent's name, Russ, um, because that would be rude, Russ. Mm-hmm. But, so I'm having a coaching call with a, 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 an agent whose name is not Russ. And this guy earned uh, one – I told you guys this last week too, but it's really important you understand this so you can do your own math. He is a Keller Williams agent. He's the number one agent in his marketplace. He is an absolutely phenomenal, very, very just wonderful, wonderful agent wonderful person. I mean, I really like the guy. So does Julie. So I have a coaching call with him. Um, didn't start out that way, but that's where it went. And I t- asked him about his business, just really drilling down with him because he too was noticing a slowing down in the market. He too was worried about the recession. He's a smart guy, right? I said that. His commission last year to his team, uh-oh, there's a dirty word, but let's explain, was $1.6 million. All right. Half of that roughly came from listing commissions. The listing commissions are 100% from the sweat of his brow. He and an assistant focus on the listings. The rest of the, um, you know, so, well, actually, I I kind of explained. Yeah, no, I explained that right. So it was actually, um, the numbers weren't exactly right, but it doesn't matter. I don't need to go back and edit. Half of the commission came from the listing side. Half the commission came from the buyer agent side. So in other words, he was earning, um, you know, the buyer agents were earning the same amount of gross revenue that he was on the listing side. You guys follow me here? The listing commission, he had no splits on. So his per, the money he made on the listing side of things, which was roughly $800,000, that was supposed to go 100% to him. And the buyer agent's commission, after the buyer agent lead generation, and after the staff that he hired to service the buyer agents, after paying the buyer agents the commissions, after, 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 okay, that was, you know, where that $800,000, okay, you guys following me? So I asked him, I said, so how much money did you make last year? How much did you pay yourself? And now I'm kind of making up the numbers, um, but it doesn't really matter. He told me, remember his total commission he earned on the listing side was $800,000. It was actually more than that, but who cares? And the amount of money he paid himself was $600,000. So I asked him what happened to that $200,000 because he had no real expenses against the listing side of the business. And it wasn't until that very moment, remember this guy, top agent in his market, you know, everyone at Keller Williams, you know, blah, 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 butt getting kissed constantly. That's the world that he was founding himself in. He'd go to these events and everyone would say, dude, you're doing great. You guys are doing all these transactions. You did, you know, all this money, 1.6 million in commission. You're the top agent in your marketplace. You know, you've got six buyer's agents or however many you have and all the rest of it. 
Okay, so he thought he was on the top of the world and shit. He's making 600 grand out of his business. Guys, I have news for you. From a team's perspective, that's really rocking because most teams make around 10, maybe 12%. That's it. So as a team, he was doing great because he was still doing the listing side of the business. When you delegate the listing side of the business and you start watering down the uh, efficiency of taking the listings, then that profit margin goes down to the numbers I just said. But he was doing the work himself which was smart, obviously. And so he was doing really well um, on the listing side. But what happened to that 200 grand? I mean, he should have been making since he earned half the revenue for his company, basically, you know, company in quotes, he should have been pocketing or paying taxes on 800, but he's only paying taxes on 600. He did not realize until our little phone call that he was subsidizing the buyer agent side of the business from his own pocket, buyer agent welfare, and the sum of $200,000 a year just to subsidize the buyer agent side of the business. So here's what I, you guys understanding what I'm saying? So he had never, he ran profit and losses on his actual business. He knew his numbers. He was reading them right off a spreadsheet. But what he didn't realize and he didn't do, and what we suggest all of you do, and we're going to get to these, we'll drill down on these points more, is he wasn't running profit and losses on the buyer side of his business and on the seller side of the business. And he wasn't running a profit loss on each individual person that was working as part of his quote unquote team, right? He should have been running profit losses on each buyer's agent. And then he would have found out exactly who was losing him money and making him money. But the moral of the story is, is he personally was forgoing making $200,000 a year in personal income that he was earning from going after the listings himself, making phone calls, prospecting, doing it the real way, just so he could have those buyer side transactions, just so he could have the volume, just so he could be the number one in you know, Williamson County. That is what he was doing, and he didn't realize it. Well, and this Tim, guy's smart. let me jump in here for a second. You're talking about the brass tax, which is the profitability. And I have to point out, you're not even mentioning the mental cost, the emotional cost, the liability cost of cranking all those deals for basically nothing. Liability. There, there's also a time um, liability. You know, you're cranking a lot of deals. There's, you've got to take care of the buyer's agents, make sure every, all the deals are done right got to talk about inspections, appraisals, save deals, counsel those buyer's agents so they do it the right way. I mean, there's an emotional cost to this too. It's not even just financial, as bad as that is. Yeah, exactly. So here's what we're trying to impress upon you guys. In a market like this, if you're not having conversations like this with anybody who's mostly coaching, counseling, or you know, consulting you, then you need to fire them immediately. And if you're, if your consultant, coach, or whoever your guru is, is not really drilling down on the numbers, they don't have your best interest in mind, or they're just ignorant to how to do it. And I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with ignorant on how to do it to give them uh, to, to make it so that I don't sound so nasty, to be honest with you. But I bet you they do know how to do it. They just don't want to do it. Because here's what happens. If you are, say, for example, um, a broker or a, a whatever you guys, you know, they are called team leaders or whatever. And you end up in you poll. And I did a great, great, I think his name was Julie. Can you pop on? Oh, you won't know. I did a great interview with a guy that was a team leader who basically was, you know, the boss in one of the largest, most established Keller Williams offices in Austin. Matter of fact, I think it was like their prototype office, Justin Gonzalez, I think his name was Julie. You guys can listen mm -hmm. to it on. Um, right. Yep. Yeah, is that his name? Okay. You guys can listen to that on iTunes, Stitcher, 
obviously over on timandjulieharris.com. And so this guy was in the heart of the hive, okay? He was in the hive having conversations with these teams every day. And this interview I loved because he said he would sit down with some of these people and he would show them the math and the perilousness of their financial decisions, which most of them weren't even realizing the nature of them. And he would hear them rationalize making these really bad financial decisions by saying, I'm building a business that I can sell. I'm going to forgo making profit for the next X number of years. And then on year five, I'm going to make a bunch of profit. All this stuff is dumb. That's not how a real business owner thinks. That is small, a small business owner. You guys are transactionally based businesses. Nobody's going to buy your business. Nobody's going to buy your real estate team. Nobody's going to buy your brokerage for anything that's even meaningful. That's the reality of the real estate market. These businesses aren't worth anything you guys are selling. And here in the example of this gentleman I'm referring to, he has been losing, spending $200,000 a year. Like, you know, I think I even asked him, dude, why don't you just fire all – and here was my conclusion, by the way. Oh, and this is what gets Julia a lot of shit when I say stuff like this, but I don't care. All right, here's what I told him to do, and here's what all of you should consider doing. And brokers, this applies to you as well. Why don't you just get rid of the fat? Why don't you just get rid of the you know, team, the, the buyer's agents on your staff who aren't self-generating? Why don't you get rid of the ones that are on buyer agent welfare? Or why don't you get rid of all of them and then start referring your buyer leads off to the end to like there's a, there were agents when Julie and I sold real estate. They never wanted to work on the list side, but they were so good with buyers. Like in a million years, you'd never be as good as Barb Flager, for example, or, or Yvonne Honeybrink or somebody like this that when Julie and I sold real estate, they were wonderful. Okay. Why don't everyone's got those agents like that? Everyone knows agents that are just absolutely masters and loves working with buyers, these amiable, truly wonderful people. Why don't you take your buyer leads that you're generating and refer them to those agents and charge them a 25% referral fee? Oh, you'll lose contact. You'll lose this deal. Who cares? It's, it's not worth it. Because you here, don't guys, care as much anymore. <laughs> yeah. You don't care. You're making 25%. So you refer that buyer lead out. Okay, this is my point. How many, and I asked him, how many buyer transactions did, those, did your buyer agent team do? I don't remember the number. Then I asked him to figure out what the gross commission was. I told you it was like it was actually more than 800000 but who cares? And then I asked him to figure out what 25% of that was. And he would have actually made more money if he'd referred all those buyer leads out to individual agents. But here's the – that are really great. And he would have no liability, no hassle, no expense, nothing. Just refer them out just like a normal referral. And agents, you guys nowadays are spending 35% on referral fees. I didn't suggest that to him, but you could. You could charge more than 25%, right? And so this was the conversation that we've had. This is the conversation I've had with agents that only happens in a market transition. When the wheels start to come off the wagon, this is when people start going, oh, shit in your own way, right? And that, if not happening to you now, will be happening to you soon. And so if you're one of these people that are way ahead of your skis with all these things, hold on, Tim. Look, I've been working on my team and my logo and my website. And I, okay, I get it. Guys, I don't know how to be – here's the simple fact. Those are only business plans that work when cash flow will cover mistakes and inefficiencies. For example, the gentleman I was just referring to, if his business slows down, he still has the fixed expenses from the, business, from the buyer's agent side of the business. He still has that liability. He is going to then run his own personal profit from the listing side down even farther if he is not quick and smart enough, frankly, 
and you know, in some cases brave enough to say, this is a dumb business plan. I'm going to get rid of it. That's the reason that my good friend, Sean Kokoska, who used to run MAPS coaching at Keller Williams, who they did own internal research on uh, team profitability, will tell you that 94% of all teams fail. And the remaining 6% of teams that uh, don't fail, they make profit margins of less than 12%. Have you guys ever thought about that? And so here we are. You know, we're on the other side of this bridge now. We're on the other side of the seller's market. Are you listening, Julianne? <laughs> that was a pretty good rant. Well, my thought was great. Uh, my thought was that kind of really terrible profit margin, I guarantee you, was not the goal when they got into real estate. Nobody would ever set the bar that low. Okay, we have to refocus have on what the point is. Yeah. But you don't exactly. – that, that's the point, what Julie just said. When was the last time you guys went to listen to anybody else other than us that talks about profit and talks about profit margins? When? Never is the answer. They don't yeah. talk about it because their interests are aligned with you continuing to do that activity because that's how they make their money. They're not doing what's best for you. They're not. Otherwise, they wouldn't tell you what is obviously a flawed business model. Oh, hold on. Oh, you know, this is you. I've been sending these postcards. I've been doing this branding, and I have no real discernible business. Oh, maybe I got two or three transactions from it, but I really have no evidence that this shit's working. And what do the people that uh, you're spending the money with tell you to do? Double down. Takes longer. Spend more. Expand your market. They don't just t- – they don't – right? Isn't that what they tell you? Yep. <laughs> you guys get it? Yeah. So – Julie, I know you have to balance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, yep. to just blaze through these actual funner points so we can move to point number four tomorrow. Okay. So, guys, That's here good. it is. Cut the fat. Know your daily cost to exist, your business and personal costs. Literally, all of you have a daily cost to live. Run your personal uh, you know, finances. Run your personal family, your personal overhead. Know what that is, and then know what your daily cost to run your business is. Point number two. Uh, know where your pro- your product is not selling houses, okay? Your product is not new construction. Your product is not happy customers. Your product is not, you know, building a team with great morale or helping you figure out your big why and all this other Mickey Mouse. Your product must be profit. In other words, the litmus test of your efficiency as a business owner is the profit that you make. That's the point of you being in business. And if you lose sight of that in a transitioning market, you are going to get ground to dust, to fine powder. You will be gone. Do you guys understand that? Don't you intuitively know what I'm telling you is true? So you're, you know and must know that your product is profit. Next point, buying leads, massive, uh, passive lead generation in a declining market costs more with fewer, uh, fewer results. So what happens is, is that these big lead selling companies start to lose customers. And in order for them to support their own overhead, they start raising prices. And sometimes the lead, well, oftentimes the lead quality, which is dubious now, it goes to crap. And because why? Your buyers, who you guys are buying buyer leads, are going to all have the mindset of, I don't want to catch a falling knife. So if you think buying leads was kind of hard to make work in a great market, in a transitioning, let alone a buyer's market, it's terrible. This is true. Next point, you must master proactive lead generation. Proactive lead generation means that you need to go after the people in your marketplace who have their hands in the air right now saying, I have a house to sell. There's people in your marketplace right now who have houses to sell, who have signs in their yards <laughs> called for sale by owners, for example, and yet you drive by them every day, or you mail them letters thinking somehow miraculously they're going to call, or you're spending money on Facebook advertising thinking that somehow you're going to hook them into contacting you. 
why don't you just go knock on their damn doors? You already know they have a house for sale. Or call the phone number that's on the sign. Isn't this like the biggest duh ever? That's what our daughter said to me this morning. We were driving her to school. She's not even sex. She goes, duh, daddy. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So, But isn't that the truth? And there's so many other sources of people that you guys can be proactively going after right now that are going to absolutely need to sell their houses in a changing market. Stop the inefficient branding. Stop the inefficient lead buying. Stop all this stuff that's been trendy. End all the stuff that you are not seeing an immediate result from. If you spend money, guys, you need to know what the return on your investment is going to be. Now, there's a lot of Mickey Mouse talk about this, but here's the bottom line. If you're going to spend a dollar, you have to be making $10 back. That is going to be hard for most of you to do. And the reason it's hard for most of you to do is because you don't have any trackable result from the money you're spending, right? Because it's the bullshit branding. It's the bullshit lead generation. So you have no trackable business, no trackable way. But if you look, and Julie and I used to do this every year when we sold real estate. <gasps> what? Huh? Woo? Yes, Julie and I sold real estate. Or the coach and guru you're talking to or listening to on Facebook or at live events, have they ever sold real estate before? Shouldn't that be just the first basic rule of who you take advice from, whether they've actually done it themselves? So back to my point, when Julie and I sold real estate, every year about halfway through, we would look at all of our transactions, paying most attention to the seller sides. And we'd actually go and find, we, we wrote down and kept track, obviously, of where all those transactions came from. And for a time, Julie and I were doing some branding when we sold real estate. This was back in the 90s. And this is the reason I know so ardently that it does not work. And here's the real litmus test. So every year, we'd sell between 100 and 200 houses per year. So midway through, we'd be maybe 75, maybe 105. It doesn't really matter. And then we'd, we would track where those listings came from. And almost all of them came from the things we did proactively. None of them came from, say, for example, postcards. So here's the interesting thing. When a seller would call, and they would say, you know, I want you guys to come over and talk to you about listing my house. We would, uh, we, the question, because we have it, and you guys should be using this as part of Premier co uh, Coaching, a seller pre-qualification form. And one of the questions was, why are you calling Tim or why are you calling us if I was calling him back? Um, you know, to, why are, what, what's the source, right? Why you, and they would say, they might say, well, you know, we saw your sign. Or they might say, we saw, maybe you. You know, we got a postcard or something like that. But then, were there any? Then we'd ask this question: Were there any other reasons that you're calling us out, concerning us to the job of selling your house? Always being very humble. And then they'd say, Well, yes, you sold my house for you know Sally Lou who lives down the street, and and she said you guys did a great job. Aha! So the reason that she's really calling wasn't really even the sign, certainly wasn't the postcard. It was because it was a referral from a past client. When we started asking the secondary question of why did you decide to call us for the job of selling your home, when we started asking those questions, that's when we really knew for a fact that anything that had anything to do with passive lead generation was crap. It was shocking to us, guys. It was hard because all of our friends from Howard Britton, you know, Julie and I were, you know, when we sold real estate, we traveled. We, all these people we knew, we knew they were wrong, and that was really hard for us to learn. And that's when we started really making radical uh, changes in the way we not only did our business, but also thought about how to even you know, conceive of why there's all these other people out there spreading lies. And that's the development of our philosophy that we share with all you guys today. 
So listen, guys, hopefully this is going to continue to resonate with you. Hopefully you understand that we're sharing this information with you because we're trying to save you from the inevitable change in the market. We don't want you to suffer. That's your decision. So every, we're going to probably have two or three more, well, probably two more days on this topic. And if you choose to take action on it, good for you. If we are off the mark, if we are maybe uh, motivating you to believe the market's going to be worse than it is, and we're wrong. Let's say we're wrong by half. Who cares? You're still in a better off financial decision than if you'd done nothing, right? You guys get what I'm saying? So when you're saying, hold on, Tim, I do not want to stop doing those postcards or the ad I've been running in the local homes magazine or the newspaper because I've just have been doing it forever. I'm friends with the ad rep. Everyone will think I'm out of business. I can't rationalize doing it. Do it. Cancel it. Cut it back. Watch how nobody cares or notices. You're just doing it out of your ego. Your ego is making you broke, and there's a lot of things like that in our lives that cause us to basically suffer needlessly because we don't stop to think logically about what the return on the investment is. There is a cost to everything you spend your money on. When you spend $1,000 on something, you're spending money that was really took 2000 for you to earn, and what was the effort that went into you earning that money? There is tremendous amount of your human time on this planet that was spent earning the money, that, and now you're throwing it at your business and hoping that somehow you're going to get some leads from it, and you're not actually stopping to question the motivation of the people that are selling you these ideas. Guys, come on. That doesn't make any sense, does it? So listen, if you need me for anything, you can always text me. It's 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. A lot of you are asking us about eXp Realty. If you'd like to have a private conversation with me about eXp Realty, please feel, to, feel free to text me, 512-758-0206. Hey, guys, stay focused, okay, and stay close. Julie and I are never going to pull punches with any of you. We're always going to do what we know is best for you. If there's anything we can do for you, reach out to us at any time. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Thank you.